Welcome to the Addiction Connection Podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and I am joined in studio, six feet apart, roughly, uh, with a guy named Mike Petrie. He is a funny, funny guy, big personality, and um, I am glad you're in studio, and I'm glad you're six feet away. I thought it was going to be a, a joke about my looks, you laugh, <laughs> but I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Not at all. Well, we are going to talk about some things today that I think are very important, kind of two, two things. The Continuing on, you know, it's National Recovery Month, and my big thing is we should call it National Transformation Month if we're Christians, because biblically the goal is to not just be a better version of my old self, but for me to become like Jesus Christ, something new, something holy, something righteous. And Mike's life verse goes along great with that. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, Mike, we'll throw it over to you. Why is this verse your life verse? What is it about this verse that you really like? Well, uh, this verse speaks to me. I think anybody who would sit down and look at this verse and look at their life would see an application for it. Um, For me personally, I look back at my life and I see who I was, where I've come from, and where I am now, and where I'd like to go. And and you do that by transforming your mind. Um, you look around the people you deal with on a day-to-day basis, the, the people you counsel, the people you're friends with, the people you're walking through life with, and even the people that are coming and helping you walk through life. That is the thing, perspective, um, truth, putting things in the right place. Um, in mm. our world, we have... Everybody wants you to serve yourself, serve yourself, serve yourself. And when you're doing that, you're not feeding the holy things. You're not feeding the mind of Christ. You're not, you're being conformed instead of transforming. Yes. You're falling into the trap of what the world says will make you happy. And you go down that path and it leads to destruction. So I look back to when, when my eyes were open to, to God and, and I realized what the truth was and it's a continual process. Um, and when you realize that in your own life, you can take that to others and, and help them in their darkest time to say, hey, there's a way out of this. And it starts with a small step. So let's get your perspective right, and let's start moving forward. Um, the follow-up verse to that for me is Philippians 4.8. Uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, uh, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when you're feeding yourself those things, mm. you are renewing your mind. Um, daily Bible reading comes to mind, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, feeding yourself truth, um, God's truth on a regular basis will transform your mind. Yeah. And all of a sudden, perspective changes. Things that once seemed um, absolutely insurmountable are now manageable. And you're looking you're looking at things through a different lens, through the lens of the Word, Um with God's perspective. That's so good. I think about unbelievers and their goal is recovery, which is just sobriety, being a better version of yourself. And their goal is that because they don't have what you're talking about. They don't have truth. They don't have God's word, nor do they have God's spirit working in their hearts to sanctify them, to make help them to know truth, but then to do the truth or apply the truth in their lives. 
And so that's the best goal they have is recovery. So that's why September's National Recovery Month, which is good. It, it points a light on the need for uh, help for people who are addicted. But biblically and for the Christian, we have so much more in God's word and the truth, like you just said, um, that we have an advantage and we can be transformed. We can be made into Christ likeness, move from a caterpillar into a butterfly, as I like to say, if I get that uh, right. <laughs> Sometimes I get mixed up on that. But the, the caterpillar becomes the butterfly. And I love that picture that God gave us of metamorphosis, of a total transformation, a change from one thing to another. Yet it it's still the same thing, but it's it's doing functioning differently. It's flying. It has ability. It's carried about by the wind. And I think about that as a picture of the Holy Spirit. And so um, with your transformation, what are some things that you've seen God do in your life or the lives of those you've you've worked with? Uh, for those of you who don't know Mike, he's a local law enforcement guy, and he is also a biblical counselor here at Grace Fellowship Church, and I only give him hard cases. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, Mike is a guy with compassion. He, he's also the chaplain at his, uh, in, in his uh, field. So he is um, a gifted guy, uh, has a huge heart for people. So just what are some transformation things that's happened maybe in your life? Or if you don't want to share that, you could share things that you've seen in other people's lives. <laughs> sure. Um, what, one of my favorite stories, it's not necessarily the biggest story, but um, on the job dealing with people who are um, overdosing and, and they're just, they're in the grips. They're in the clutches of sin. Um, everybody wants to call it addiction and they've got this disease. Um, it's really, really easy to become jaded. It's really easy to become judgmental. And it's really easy to let your, your sinful self um, come across in those moments and deal with somebody in a way that is not God honoring. And um, so I, I like to tell this story just to keep myself in check. Uh, I went to an overdose and I was frustrated. This lady had overdosed several times and um, I'm tired. I've been working several hours. I was on overtime. So I decided, yeah, let's let the squad take her to the hospital and I'm going to drive myself over there and I'm going to arrest her once they release her. And that'll show her because I'm, I'm so vindictive because that's my heart. Um, so I, I, I got to the hospital and, uh, went into the room. Doctors are done with her. She's fine. She's going to be absolutely fine. And so I went in there to let her know that, Hey, you're going to jail. I hope you're happy. And I opened my mouth and said, you know, God loves you and has a plan for your life. And in that moment, uh, it was, it was, uh, very clear to me that God had something else in mind and I was not in line with what God was doing. My heart, my thought process leading up to that moment was selfish and judgmental, and it ha I had I had no grace for that moment. Yeah. Um, but because God lives in me, because God wanted to use that moment for something else, um, He said, "No, oh, you know what? You're going to share some love. You're going to share some grace." And the woman broke down crying, and we had a long conversation about um, radical amputation. Wow. <laughs> I, I love I love to bring that up when I'm working with people. Um, on the job, um, who, who just say, well, I can't beat it. I can't beat it. So, well, it takes radical amputation. You are, you are in the same city. You're in the same circle of people that you've had um, the same issue with for years, and you're expecting something different. 
said, if you are serious about getting help, number one, you need to find somebody else to help coach you through this. Number two, you have to get away from the temptation. You have to get away from the influencers that are around you that you're bringing into your life. Um, Find who loves you. Find the people who want the best for you, and you're going to have to cut the rest out. And it might be for a time. It might be for the rest of your life. But as you get clarity, as drugs lose their hold on you, and you start seeing things for what they are, you can see that God is working in your life, and you can you will have a desire that is more in line with him. You will have a desire to live a life differently, and living life differently is going to give you different results. Um, so that's, that's one example on the job where it came out and it hit me. I think it was good for her to hear that, yeah. You know, somebody views you as a, a creation of Christ. Worthy. In God's image. And yeah. you have value. And it was good for me to be reminded, hey, you're a dirty sinner just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a that was a good humbling moment for me. <laughs> that's a great that's a great example. And you're referring to radical amputation in Matthew chapter five in the passage about lust. It's better for you if your right eye is plucked out. Um, and, or your right hands cut off, you know, get rid of those things that would, uh, make it easier for you to give into temptation in your own heart in the, in the form of lust or, and lust could be, you know, it's a, it's a lust really means strong desire. So anything you're lusting after and for her, it was obviously drugs. Um, but boy, what a great story. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's hopeful. And I think that's the message we want to get out there. And, you know, maybe she, maybe people don't get it the first time. And that's what, what we do, why we do what we do is we're trying to help people. And we understand not everybody's willing, you know, just had that situation today where someone called me and said, Hey, so-and-so is not willing yet. Just pray for them. And, and, you know, and I'm praying, okay, Lord, you have to make them willing Maybe he'll use their circumstances to help them to get to a better place uh, where they are willing. Um, but, you know, I sure hope people don't have to suffer too much before they get to the place of willingness. Right. And you've seen that a bunch. You're a disciple maker of men and uh, and a leader. Um, tell me about some of that. How do you disciple men? Now, I know this throws you a little bit. Cause, uh, but I like to get my guests thinking and get their fresh right off the tip of their tongue. So, and you're 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 a smart, fast-witted guy. So, uh, so how do you make disciples of men? Because you've done that, I know, uh, and that's part of the Grace Fellowship Church DNA. Is let's make disciple makers. Let's make small group or community group leaders. Let's help people to become uh, more than what maybe they even think of think they could do at first. So, what are some ways you do that? I don't. I'm I'm <laughs> diametrically opposed. No, uh, <laughs> it's it's relationships. Period. End of discussion. I don't. Um, I have guys at, at work that will call me because they they trust me when I'm off duty, yeah. when I'm on vacation, middle of the night, whatever. Um, so, building a relationship with people, even accountants, even just a reputation of, I'm here for you. Uh, you don't have to seek me out can seek somebody else out, whatever, but be, be open, be available and be willing to have hard conversations with people. Um, as, as a community group leader, uh, you are doing that on a regular basis with a small group of men. Yeah. And so that naturally builds that, 
but as you're as you're going to work, you know, people don't generally look at their job as a ministry. But when you start looking at your job as a ministry, you're going to find those opportunities. And if you pray to God to give you those opportunities, guess what? He's going to open your eyes because they're already there. You're just not seeing it. Right. Um, so being relational and showing people that you care. Some of the best friendships I have in my field of work is um, with with people that absolutely believe something different than I. Mm. Um, and I think that, that that in and of itself allows barriers to break down because – they want to have that conversation. They're expecting me to come at them hard or judge them or whatever. Say, man, we can we can disagree, and that's fine. I'm going to continue to have a conversation. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Mm. I can disagree, and I can do it in love. Mm-hmm. And when you come across as somebody who actually cares for a person, uh, the trust is going to grow. Yeah. And so that's to me, that's it. If you don't have the trust of somebody, um, then it's it's not going to happen. Yeah. So. Relational discipleship just kind of sounds like somebody in the Bible named Jesus, doesn't it? I've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been re- I was reading a little booklet this morning just about the importance of modeling and re- in, in relationships, you know, and in a mentor and a mentee. Um, and I just uh, I really think that it is spending time with people, being available to people, and living life with people as much as it's telling them all the right things to do and here's your policy and procedure <laughs> manual and you're going to do this, but almost like modeling that and showing him that. And I think you're, you're good at that. I appreciate that. Um, I, I, would, I would like to add that the, um, another thing that a lot of guys who are trying to be leaders fall into a trap and I've done this too, is you feel like you have to be perfect. You feel like you have to be the best example. Also not the case, man. Let people see you hurt. Let them see you fail and let them see you, climb back out of that mess and, and do it with somebody. Yeah. You know, and they can see there's a guy who says he has it all together. He failed, admitted it and moved on. He's not going to judge me. He's been there, done that. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. All right. So I said in the beginning, two things I was going to focus on recovery and transformation, just the difference there. And then I wanted to focus on the law enforcement piece just a little bit. But here's what I'm going to do. We're going to break this up into two parts. So we're going to have you come back uh, tomorrow to do part two uh, on this. So for our listeners, thank you for joining me today. Join in next time for part two with Mike Petrie, who is a biblical counselor par excellence. I think I'm saying that right. Um, Join us for part two, where we're going to talk a little bit more about law enforcement. Thank you for joining me on the podcast, and we will look forward to having you join us next time on the Addiction Connection Podcast.